Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, you are tuned in to the Lone Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and a very special guest all the way in. He is the president, he is the CEO of Blue Wave. Blue Wave is a recruiting company that specializes in, in recruiting tech professionals. His name is Charlie Lewis. He is our guest today. Charlie, welcome to the Loan Officer Podcast. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming in, but you and I are not going to talk about recruiting today. No, we're not. Well, I mean, we might briefly discuss it. Hey, know, look, but... if if the wind blows us that way, we can go. But we have had yeah. already on the show, we've hosted over the past 12 months, two different recruiting professionals who recruit specifically for the mortgage industry. You yep. recruit specifically for the tech industry. Yep, very technology-driven. Yep. But you and I met about seven years ago how? I'll let you describe to the audience how we met. Well, um, it was an angel investment club. It was a group of about what eight or ten um, pretty successful entrepreneurs in the Orlando area, and we were fairly young in our you know yes. seven years ago. We yes, were we were still we were still wet behind the ears. <laughs> we were wet behind the ears. Yep, and we all had done fairly well in our careers. We were and- one step ahead of being thirty thousand errors. That's correct. Right, right. So we're, we're, we're above the 30,000 air uh, standpoint, yeah. but we weren't quite at the millionaire standpoint. Yeah, that's, okay. That's right. And we decided we wanted to be a little bit risky and put our money into early stage seed investing. And we invested in a technology company, um, which today has changed its names to Stacks, but was Fat Merchant back in the day. So yeah, we we met through an investment deal, yes. right? Yeah, one 100%. And yeah. And that's why I'm so happy to have you on the show today because I want to talk about angel investing. Yeah. Right. I want the audience to hear a whole entire episode on like, so you want to be an angel investor. Where does someone get yeah. started? What are some of the pitfalls? What are some of the early requirements? What does the federal government? Oh, wait a minute. The federal government's going to mandate something out of me before yeah. Yeah. I'm quote unquote allowed to do this. Yeah. Um, and then really pick your brain because seven years ago. For the most part, you were a novice. Seven Correct. years ago, you yep. were trying to figure it all out. But yep. here you are seven years later. Um, you've had a couple decent windfalls. Yeah. Yep. And and you've invested in, I'm going to guess, half a dozen to a dozen companies, which means yep. you've, you've sat through how many pitches? Uh, a lot. Countless, like, right? Maybe in the hundreds, yeah. potentially. Yeah. yeah. And, and then yeah. let's talk about, like, what does it mean to sit in front of a pitch. Yeah. What are things that you look for if you're sitting in front of a pitch? How do I get invited to yeah. be a part of a pitch? Yeah. yeah. Right? So I don't know where you want to start. We have about 30, 45 minutes that we can dedicate yeah. to this particular topic. Um, yeah. And I'm going to kind of lean on you to pick a direction. Yeah. If I interrupt you, I will apologize. It's probably because you said something really awesome yeah. that I want to repeat or I want to tie down so the audience has a takeaway. Yes. So so, so where to go? So I think we, I think we kind of start with just just, you know, the, the ecosystem of investing, right? And like, what does it mean? Like, what are the different ways you can invest? Things like that. And then you can plug in where seed investing. And and I talk about this a lot in uh, some of the different groups. Uh, You can check out projectorlando.io. It's a little philanthropy group where we try to educate the community and those that are qualified investors. Um, So anyway, so let's, let's start with the ecosystem of investing. You're a company You've got a really great idea. It's going to revolutionize and change the world, right? Everybody's idea is going to change the world. You need to go out and find money. So typically, you're not going to be able to raise money from institutional investment, which we would refer to as private equity groups, which is... Um, hedge funds. Uh, hedge funds are, are, are considered private equity, but 
private equity is more like, okay, um, I started Walmart and I have billions of dollars. So I'm going to take a billion of it and put it over here in this pot and have professionals invest it professionally. Okay. So typically it's like really, sometimes it's family wealth. Sometimes it's, you know, generational wealth. Sometimes it's just really rich entrepreneurs. Like Jeff Bezos is going to have a private equity firm that invests a lot of his capital for him. And is that typically called venture capital? No, venture capital is a little bit more of an institution. So okay. if I'm a rich guy, I'll probably have a PE group. Private and, equity, PE, yeah, private equity. Private equity. Okay. And, and private equity is also sometimes really big money. So that's where a lot of mergers and acquisitions will happen in the private equity world um, because they can write you know half a billion dollar checks. Venture capital is really the stage between angels and where seed money comes in. So they're somewhere between my grandpa loaned me $20,000 to start my yes. company and I'm ready to sell my company to private equity. So venture capital is like that bridge between like the seed and the private equity. So venture capital is looking for companies that are already revenue positive. Uh, sometimes they're profitable, sometimes they're not. But they've already got a really well-established company, a well-established operational um, structure. They've got good leadership team. They've got a great go-to-market strategy. And they've already kind of proven there's a market need for their product. So they have traction and they have clout. Yeah. Right. So now they just need 5 or $10 million of venture capital just to, like, scale it and just basically juice that, that engine to get to a point where they're making an exit. It's kind of like Barry Bonds was a phenomenal baseball player. Yes. Right? Even when he was skinny. Yes. Like John Coleman skinny. That's right. But he went ahead and got on the juice, yep. and the juice is what helped him even propel yeah. that already natural, yeah. gifted talent. And he wasn't alone. I mean, you got what? Well, Jose Canseco. You Mark got Mark McGuire. McGuire. Let's just say every baseball player from 1986 <laughs> to 2006. We got about two decades. You know, uh, you could give me all the steroids in the world, and I'm still not going to have that bad. Average. Correct. Yes. So, Correct. but 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 that's what you're getting at. Like yeah. like an a venture capital uh, investment would come in after we already know that this person's an MVP and an all-star. Yeah, this right? person's an all-star. Yeah, yeah, Let's give him a shot in the arm and take him to the exit, right? Yeah, yeah. Take him whereas, to the Hall of Fame and then, of course, then pull the Hall of Fame away from him. Yeah. Anyway. But, whereas an angel investing, which is kind of your wheelhouse, mm -hmm. that's almost picking up that player in the minor leagues. It is. Like, like hey, you're still in yep. single-A or double-A ball. Yeah. You haven't even made the big show, let alone become a starter or an all-star. Yes. And angels come in and they invest in those types. But I think what you're getting at is like, well, how do I know if I'm ready yeah. to become an angel investor? And then the second question is, once I've determined I am ready, then how do I get introduced to the people who are already doing it? Because so much of life is just being is being invited oh, yeah. to that table, yeah. being invited to that party. How do I get the invite? But before we get into that, you said on your website, and plug that website again for, for anyone who, uh, who would like it just as a resource. Yeah. Um, so it's projectorlando.io. Okay. And then um, on that website, I could actually kind of see some of these points you're getting ready to make about how do I know if I'm ready? Yeah. So that, that's a very Central Florida-driven website. Okay. Um, however, we take um, inquiries from angels all the time. So if you're interested in investing, there's like an info at projectorlando.io email. And you could say, hey. I'd like to get in on this if I qualify, you know? Um, so then how do, how do I know if I'm ready? Okay. So the government makes that real easy for you because they mandate uh, through the SEC, uh, the Securities and Exchange Commissions, there is an entire world out there of 
of equities buying, right? So purchasing equities. And there's a bunch of rules to purchasing equities. What's the most common way everybody thinks about purchasing equities? Through the stock market, Robin Hood. Yeah, stock market, Rob. <laughs> okay, uh, we'll table that. That, one. that could be a whole That's a separate podcast. A whole separate That's episode. A separate podcast. So, uh, so by the way, like two thirds of our listeners just gave us the middle finger when we did that, but it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. We love you nonetheless. Sorry, hedge funds. Um, so, so let's say you want to instead of like putting your money in the stock market, or instead of putting it in a four hundred one k or mutual funds, blah blah. Even in like mutual funds, some of those investments they diversify your portfolio. And they go out and purchase equities for you. And equity is basically ownership in a company. Well, if you're going to go out and buy those equities directly from a company and not go through a broker, you have to abide by some rules. And some of the rules are you have to, you can self-accredit, but you have to be an accredited investor. So the rules of an accredited investor are, if you are single, um, not head of household, it's two consecutive years of making $250,000 or more. Um, that can qualify you. And as personal a, income. And personal income, yes. Yep. Yeah, um, so, so for our solopreneurs out there, not $250,000 in sales. Not no. $250,000 in, in gross revenue. Yes. But like after all your expenses are factored in, yeah. you looked at the bottom of your 1040 and it said your taxable income is $250,000. Or, or more. Or more. And okay. for two consecutive years, if you're head of household, that number is 350000 for two consecutive years or more. The other way to qualify as an accredited investor is um, have a net worth of a million dollars or more. Now, a net worth, that's obviously me adding up all of the monies I have invested yep. uh, or saved if it's in checking and savings. Yep. And then subtracting out all of my debts, like yep. my mortgage yep. or, my, or my car, my, yep. all my liabilities. Out of curiosity, does home equity get... Factor it in, uh, or is, do I have to subtract home equity when a, doing my net worth? It's a tricky one. Your home equity that you have homesteaded does not count. So you take out your primary place of residence that you live. You have to throw that out of that calculation. It's all of your other assets. How about my investment property? Yes, that counts. Okay, so like yeah. I own two properties. One's an investment property. Yep. One's a primary. I have $250,000 in my primary. Yep. But I only have $100,000 in my investment property. When I'm yep. doing my net worth calculation, because I want to be an angel investor with Charlie Lewis and his group, yep. then I'm going to have to look at what I have in 401k, IRA, checking, yeah. savings, mutual yeah. fund, stocks. I yep. can't use my home, my primary home's equity, yep. but I can use the hundred grand in my investment property. Yes. If all of that adds up to a million, I'm going to be deemed accredited. Yep. Or if I can show, in my case, a W-2, that says yep. that I W2'd at least $250,000 in 2019, at least $250,000 in 2020, Yep. then I get the double thumbs up and I'm allowed to move forward as an angel investor. You are, yep. Says so, the SEC and the US the government. Okay. There's a couple other things that the Jobs Act, the Jobs Act brought in. Um, and basically all of this, this regulation is really so that I can say that I'm not taking advantage of like you know, an old retired guy and he's yeah. giving me his pension or his life savings. It really is. Can you afford to lose the money? Well, and the SEC just wants to make sure you can do that. Because typically angel investing comes with a lot less guarantees, yeah. Yeah. a lot higher risk, also a lot higher payoffs, yep. which yep. is why people are drawn to it, why it's so yeah. intriguing, because you know, it's kind of like your buddy goes to the, the, the racetrack and always wants to talk about all the money they, they won or yeah. they go to Vegas. But yeah. it's like, 
hey, I know you go like, you know, 10 times a year and I only hear about one or two times. <laughs> what what happened to those other eight? Uh, same thing can happen when you talk to people about their about their investments. Say so they yeah. talk about that one company. It is. Right? Oh, well, yeah. let, let me talk about when we exited from X company. Yeah. But did you talk to me about the other three or four companies? No, they're, they're all they're not they're not honorable mentions yet. Yeah. So okay. Uh, um, so I think it's good to know. Like anyone tuning in who this is their first time understanding angel investing, venture capital, private equity, etc. Yeah. It's like, hey, it's a way for you to invest your money yeah. into a high risk, high reward. But because it's high risk, high reward, there are um, stipulations that are that yeah. are put in to make sure that you're in a place that you can afford this risk. That's right. Um, and, and if you're the person raising the money, then you also need to make sure that you're not putting grandpa and yeah. his pension fund uh, yep. in a in a precarious spot. That's right, because okay. it, it can be really look really bad. Um, so we've so, established so, you're so accredited. Let, you're accredited. Yeah. All right, so what's next on the Charlie Lewis checklist of am I ready to become an angel investor? So just because you're accredited doesn't necessarily mean that you should go out and spend a quarter of a million dollars on angel investing because like you said it's extremely risky you're giving people money to prove sometimes a concept that may not be provable and there's the top two reasons that a lot of these companies fail number one is there's no market need at all so you, we might be like, that's awesome. And then we get it out there and they're like, the market doesn't want it. And kind of like 3D televisions. Right. I yeah. mean, honestly, that's... remember those glasses? Yeah. I mean, I, I was hook, line, and sinker. I'm oh, always an early your, mover. Your Google glasses? No, the, the, the 3D televisions used yeah. to come with oh, yes. the glasses that you had to freaking charge. Yeah. And, oh, what a flop. What yeah. an absolute yeah. flop. So, I mean, there's somebody yeah. who, who lost a crap load yeah. of money on that like because that. it. It sounded like a great idea. Then they found out, hey, there's no market for it. Yeah. Nobody wants to sit and watch yeah. an entire movie with these ugly glasses yes. on for in 3D. If you want to go back even further, 30 years ago, I would go as far as saying Blu-ray. Or right yeah. the the big disc that looked like a damn album. Oh yeah, what was that? Like what, what were they I don't called? Know what they were called. I can't remember. Because they, we ended up jumping from cassettes straight into DVDs. Yeah. But there was like a short time period that there was. It was like you could watch was it watching movies on it? Yes. I think I can't yeah. remember what you that see? was called. Like yeah, you and I were probably in middle school and high school when, when that rolled yeah, out. Yeah. And I remember the one rich girl in my high school, like, they had it in their house. Yeah. No one else had it. Yeah. And then three years later, all of us had had CDs DVD, and yeah, DVDs. DVDs. Yeah. 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 Okay, so that's a great example or two great examples yeah. of of how you can invest in a, in a company and it just flops because yeah. the market doesn't want it. What's another reason why it wouldn't? Well, <clears throat> well to backtrack a little bit, mm -hmm. right? Okay. So you're a credit investor. You want to – I want to go out and I want to take some risk now. So – kind of have a rule of thumb that I try to follow. And this is something that I think a lot of angel investors that are, you know, very prominent in, in the industry, <clears throat> they always advise you should, you should diversify your portfolio, go with your steady 401ks, go with your um, mutual funds, go with your real estate, go, you know, spread your investments out. And when you get to seed investing, you need to take about 10% of your disposable income and put that towards you know, seed investing each year. So by so, disposable, meaning I don't need this. Right. By like, disposable, I maxed out my 401k. I maxed out my IRA. Yeah. I have six months reserve. Yeah. Uh, if I care about paying for my kids' education, I've already allocated funds towards yep. that. If I'm into tithing or giving back to my community, I've already given money to that. Yep. If I love to travel, I've already given money to that. And yep. I'm looking around and I said, oh, gosh darn it, I still have money left. Yeah. So it's let's, disposable. 
let's say you got five hundred thousand dollars left, okay, and you want to do ten. Yeah, I know. How about fifty thousand? How about five thousand? Like, man, is the out of curiosity, is the barrier of entry at half a million dollars? No, I, the, the typical check sizes I see from angels. And this is a good a good spot. Um, I'll see check sizes as little as ten thousand. Okay. Um, and as big as a hundred, two hundred fifty thousand and up from like, an individual person. From an individual yep. person, yes. So you can get in the angel seed investing world with a ten thousand dollar check. Um, maybe you only do twenty or thirty thousand dollars a year, but if you're doing that every year, you're now getting your into two, three companies in the first year. Maybe the next year you're in five or six. So if you're doing that consistently over a five year period of time, now you have ten. $20,000 across maybe 10 companies. And that's really where you want to be. And that is, and I, I, I want to circle back to this real quick. Yeah. That is on utilizing my disposable income. That is. Mm -hmm. So my disposable income, whether it is 20,000, 200,000 or 500,000, whatever yeah. my disposable is, yeah. that's the money I'm going to use to go towards angel investing. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And you've seen <clears throat> angels come in with as little as 10 with as much as 150 yep, yep. Uh, per company. Yep. And you would suggest, at least this is what I think I was following, try to go into, like, take what you have allocated and try to spread it yep. amongst several opportunities. Yes. Because I'm sure there's some kind of a law of average that you're playing. Is there a, like a rule of thumb you're getting yeah, ready to get to? About 70 to 80% are, are going to be expected to fail or you're maybe just going to get your money back or maybe you're going to make just some interest. You know, uh, mo a lot of investing is done with safe notes and convertible notes, convertible notes. You earn interest. Usually it's a good interest rate, but you're not in it for the interest rate. Right. No. I mean, we can find good interest rates other places. So it's really more about, am I going to get a big multiple? And if you invest in 10 companies, hopefully one or two of them, are going to pay for all of your investments plus a multiple return. Yeah, um, a good buddy of mine is a guy named Steve Curley. Shout out to Curley. Um, he is a chartered financial analyst uh, here in actually the Central Florida area. Um, his brother Charlie, shout Charlie is my dentist. Charlie okay. Curley, uh, what a phenomenal dentist, by the way. Yeah, uh, see the smile. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, Steve had told me once, "Hey, Dio, two and ten. I'm yeah. like, why not one in five? He's like, the numbers don't work that way. I'm like, dude, you're the CFA, not me. So I'm not yeah. going to argue with you. But for him, it's like two in 10. Two yeah. out of every 10 uh, angel slash VC investments yeah. he makes is he looking to actually see a cash out. Yeah. And let me ask you, like, wh what do you deem a successful exit? Because that's, by the way, mm -hmm. again, I'm going to dumb it down a little bit for anyone who's tuning in for the first time to this concept. Yeah. You know, we, we talk about an exit. Mm -hmm. Right. An exit. That's when you get paid. Yeah. Right. That's when someone comes in and they typically buy out the company. Yeah. Right. So we call it the exit strategy and we're looking for a multiple. The multiple could be we say the word 5x, 10x, 15x, basically what money you put in mm -hmm. times it by that X. You know, if I put in yeah. twenty thousand dollars and it's a five X exit, yep. then what's 20 times five? It's 100. I turned yep. my 20,000 into 100 grand. Yep. I should hope, according to the law of Steve Curley, that two in 10 will give me a decent exit. Mm -hmm. The other eight is somewhere between an absolute catastrophic bust. I lost my ass. <laughs> yeah. And maybe I broke even. Maybe I got half my money back. Maybe, yeah. as you said, I, I earned 8 to 10% interest. Yeah. But it's key to know this. Unlike when I buy stock, whether I buy it through TD, mm -hmm. E-Trade, uh, my buddy Caleb at J.P. Morgan or mm -hmm. Robinhood, mm -hmm. that stock, for the most part, is pretty liquid. 
a couple yeah. a couple phone calls, a couple clicks of my mouse, yeah. and 24 hours later, I have that money. And stocks, too, generally, you hold over time. Traditionally, they creep up. Yeah. Right? But, but when I invest in, in a Charlie Lewis fund or a Charlie Lewis investment opportunity, mm-hmm. is any part of my investment liquidatable? It is not. Yeah. No. I mean, if I gave you 20 grand nope. today and in nine months my, my wife wants to remodel the bathroom, yep. am I calling you to say, hey, Charlie, I need my 20 grand? Nope. No. no. It's, you, you, you lock that capital up. It's not liquid at all. Um, you know, you, yeah, you lo- you lock it up, it, and so that's why you really have to, you know, you have to balance what's right for your personal position. What kind of liquidity do you need? Let's say there's an emergency tomorrow, can you afford to lock up, say, a hundred thousand dollars across ten di- different investments yeah. and not be able to touch that money for five to seven years? Because it could take that long to get a return or to, to make that exit. Yeah. Yeah, that's a very valid point, even for our, our successful entrepreneurs who tune in. Because yeah. I, I find that most of us, at least in, in our investing circles, we all are very entrepreneurial. Yep. Right? By by mindset, by skill set, uh, by history. Yeah. And and as an entrepreneur, there's something to be said about you know having cash on hand for that next investment opportunity. Yeah. Whether that's your yeah. own business. I mean, if you want to go open up Blue Wave in Atlanta or Charlotte, that's yep. going to cost you money. But if you have a hundred grand of the Charlie Lewis assets yep. tied into VC, you know you can't use that hundred grand to go open up your office I, in Charlotte. I mean, to be completely honest, my biggest investment year over year is in my own company, and I, you know, I own a couple of them. And when you own a company, when you're CEO, you're head of a company, and there's a cash call, is what they call it. You got to buck up. You got to put some cash in. Yeah, you know so. Um, this is a growth year for my, my staffing company, Blue Wave. Um, Congrats, by the way. Yeah. It's yeah, pretty awesome. We love growth years. Yeah, we're super excited about it. But I consciously made a decision that we were going to double in, in staff size. Uh, we hired some executive leadership, you know, for, for support of our growth. And that's not cheap? Not cheap. And um, it, it's paying off. It's re- we're really, we're blowing up right now, and it's really exciting to be on that. But that is an investment. So... I'm not as liquid as I would have been, you know, a few years ago, maybe. And building a house, which is just sucking cash, too. Yeah. <laughs> you know how that yeah. goes. But. Yeah, so, so that, that may prevent you from doing uh, some of the angel investing you want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, you had to factor that in a year ago and two years ago when you're looking at your various angel opportunities. Yep. You, know, you may have had to decide, well, some members of the group are going in at 25. Yep. You went in at 15 because you needed that 10 grand, whether it was to build your house or yep. whether it was to scale your own business, which by the way, that should be your pride and joy in your baby, yeah. because that's where you, you have the most control and you can make the most money. It is. Uh, my main blue wave is my main company. It is where my passion lies. It's basically what funds my passion for the investing side. Yep. And, um, you have to have that. That's, that has to be your top priority at all times when you, you know, you've got your main company that needs to be the most successful thing that drives your investing. So, Okay, so um, I've already figured out I'm a credit investor. Yep. And because I listen to shows like the Loan Officer Podcast, yep. because I tune in to people, whether it's, um, God, I hate saying this guy's name, but early on in your life, you were listening to Dave Ramsey. Maybe you threw in some Clark Howard. Maybe your mom introduced you or your grandmother introduced you to Susie Orman. Maybe you read a, a book by Peter Lynch, yeah. um, you know, or you watch Kramer when he's yelling on the TV, right? Yeah. Like, and for the most part, all of those people in your own hard work has taught you 
how to diversify, how not to have consumer debt, how to have six months reserve, 401k, IRA, mutual funds, the whole gamut. Yeah. You, you met the SEC's requirements for accredited investor. Mm -hmm. You're, you have disposable income. You're ready to earmark. And let's say it's, it's 50 grand. Okay. Yep. $50,000. Charlie, I got it. Yeah. And I listened to you and Dio talk about this. What do I do next? Like, well, where does someone go? Whether they're in Kansas City, Missouri, yeah. they're in Austin, Texas, Sacramento, California, uh, Chicago, Illinois, Orlando, Florida. Yep. What's my next step? Because I don't know anyone who is doing angel investing, but I want to get to know people who do so they can invite me to be a part of their yep. Cool K Club. So you want to start with a strategy. I would say put together maybe a four to five year strategy and determine how you're going to get, and I highly recommend getting up to like 10 investments. Even if you've got the money to do 25,000 here, 25,000 there, I recommend starting off nice and easy, 10, $15,000, you know, just spread it off as many across as many, you know, investments as you can. So once you've so, got it, So instead of if I, let's say I just sat down and I did my numbers, I'm like, I'm going to have 50 grand every single year, Charlie, to go towards yep. angel. I may think, you know what, I'm going to do 25 and 25 in two companies. Next year, I'll do 25 and 25. Yep. After five years, then I now have $250,000 spread amongst 10 companies. Yeah. You would maybe rely more on, say, no, do five companies at 10 this year. But, you know, but then again, what if I don't come across five good opportunities? Exactly. So, so it's, it's a little bit of a judgment, yeah. right? You, 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 sometimes I sit in front of owners and founders that are that have great ideas. And I go, this is a no brainer. This is going to crush in the market. And I'll take a little bit more of a risk on those. And then some that are like, well, I could see a big multiple return here, but it's a little bit risky. Maybe market adoption is going to be slow or there's some compliance hurdles to get past. So, so that's where being a part of a group. And um, so we run a group, uh, Blue Wave Investment Partners is the name of it. Just you love Blue Wave, huh? I know. Well, it was, it was just what I had at the time, <laughs> right? I, I get, get naming companies and things starts yeah. to get exhausting after a while. Uh, we are changing that um, unofficially. You didn't hear it here first, but you might have hear, heard it here first, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, Sunir and I are going to be joining into a group called Moolah Ventures, which is really okay. exciting. So, um, and we're formalizing an angel club. So an angel club is we're all credit investors and we're all friends and we're all buddies. And we sit down in a room and we have – a couple people come in and pitch to us on their ideas. Um, I highly suggest getting involved in your local technology ecosystem for pipeline of good investments. Um, you can also usually find some angel groups in town or some funding groups. Uh, Florida has, I mean, we're just an angel club, but there are some dedicated funds that you can invest through. I think it's Seed funders is one, and then there's Florida funders, and then there's Deep Work Capital, and um, like could could a Google search, you know, because our, our listeners yeah. span literally Spokane, Washington to Key yeah. West, Florida, everywhere in between, yeah, with people in Europe and Canada, yeah. Um, but it, is it a Google search? Is it a LinkedIn search? It is typically your typically your chamber uh, of your of the the, the biggest, chamber of commerce, yeah, of okay. your, uh, the biggest city that's near you, yeah, is going to have some resources that are like. Hey, these are some angel investment groups. Okay. And you can start talking to them. Once you start getting in that ecosystem, a lot of different um, start or meetups will have like demo nights or pitch nights. So once you start getting into that ecosystem and you start seeing companies that are doing pitches, you start seeing groups that are investing in the ecosystem, you start getting to know who's who in your community. And you want to do about 
three to six months of some research before you start writing checks to people that you don't know. Right. Or wiring money, but it's okay. Or wiring money. Yeah, that's right. We, don't ever, we never write checks, do we? we I, I was talking to my brother-in-law who I introduced to our group. Yeah. Um, and uh, he, uh, he called me last night. He said, hey, they want me to wire money. Is yep. that normal? I'm like, that's the only way we do things. Really I, don't, I don't know of anyone using a personal check or even a <laughs> yeah. cashier's check in today's day and age. Yeah, but no, it's yeah. wired. It's yeah. Like, but before you go writing checks or wiring money, yeah, yeah. Uh, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So find, you know, find your group. You know, Google seed investment in your community. Google uh investment clubs in your in the nearest city near I, I think a bigger city is ideal if you're in a rural community you're not going to see as much good deal flow um you know we see a lot of good deal flow here and and, I, and there's nothing wrong with you know living in dc or in california and investing through our angel group in florida mm -hmm. like it doesn't matter where you're investing as a matter of fact diversity is key in having a good you know seed in, investment portfolio so, so start there, start, start with a Google search, check with your chamber of commerce, yep. focus on big cities, um, yep. and then go and meet people, yep. right? Yeah, get out take there. them to coffee, take them to lunch, pick their brain. Ultimately, like you, you run your help run, uh, various, uh, angel investing yes. opportunities. Yes. And, and y you need to know more accredited investors, yes. right? So, like, I mean, so I syndicate deals, I yes. syndicate investments. So. I will spearhead raising, and, and sometimes it's not raising. Sometimes it's just facilitating that company to pitch. Mm -hmm. they, they pitch. We think it's a great idea. All of our angels say, I want in, I want in, I want in. We get the commitment level. Let's say it's a half a million dollars. And then I create a single purpose vehicle or an SPV, and I facilitate the vehicle for the investment. Yeah, because there's a legal document that has to be drafted. There's certain yep. accounting that has to be done. Yep. And then obviously as the person who is facilitating this S. SPV, SPV, single purpose yep. vehicle for investing. Uh, mm -hmm. Then, you know, normally, and this is normal for anyone tuning in, you should anticipate there would be some kind of a finder's fee, administrative fee, yeah. uh, whether that's 5%, 15% yep. of the profits, yes. um, it, assuming there are profits, because there is legwork and there's yeah. and there's time. And it's, at certain points, and I'll throw this out to you, like if you're the person bringing the opportunity, yeah. I mean, I can't invest my money if I don't have someone like you who is tied into the local tech community, yeah. who is hearing firsthand about the next up and coming company yep. that's really starting to, to gain momentum traction or has some kind of an intellectual property that they're working on getting patented. Yeah, there are so many deals and investments that I don't really bring to our investment club. Uh, just, because you vet them and you're like, eh, yeah, not worth it's it. just, yeah, unless I think that there's something feasible there or they're, you know, there's exit potential. Um, I usually don't present it. And just because I present it too, I always disclaimer, doesn't necessarily mean I think it's a home run. Yes. Um, but at least made it past the basic vetting of what I think would be it, it passed the sniff test. It did. It did. Yeah. yeah that's right. No, and that's um yeah, I think that's good to know too. And this is a perfect, you know, kind of segue into, you know, we've we we've we've made it through the okay, I'm accredited. We've made it through yes, I have disposable income. I reached out to the Chamber of Commerce or a Google search. I've met with two or three different groups. Mm -hmm. Something I think people should know is that, you know, the, the person or persons heading up your investment, yep. they're typically not going to do it for free. Yeah. But there are people that, in my opinion, I won't even ask you to talk on this, mm -hmm. they may value their services 
uh, maybe a little bit higher than I'm willing to pay. Yeah. You know, like yeah. like when I start finding out that so-and-so has this big fat salary and then yeah. has this admin staff mm-hmm. and part of my investment isn't even going towards the investment. It's going towards that management person's fees. big fat salary and management yeah. fees. And they want a 20% cut. Yeah. Uh, hey, look, uh, yeah. I, at that point, it's like th- that. there's no value at, th- at that point. I need to go find a different group. Yeah. When it comes to, and this is just personally, yep. you know, in the beginning, I did a lot of this pro bono because I wanted to invest myself and I could bring in, you know, other accredited investors and have more buying power, which means gives you leverage to yes. get better terms in your investment. And you were figuring it out yourself. Yeah. And, I and mean, it's so, like, how could I pay? How could I charge someone when I really don't know what the hell I'm doing myself? That's right. Yeah. But so, now that you know what you're doing, it's like, hey, look. So you're like seven years in. Yeah. You know, I think it's seven years in now. And, and, uh, and now it's like. I've got companies beating my door down to show me deals mm-hmm. and our angel group has grown to over 50 accredited investors. That is a lot of time and management. A lot Just, of personalities. A lot of personalities. Everybody's got an opinion. A lot Everybody. of anxiety that, that comes your yes. way with people's. Yes. Yeah. So I, so when we do a pitch, um, when we do a pitch, uh, I then have to fil- facilitate, you know, 30 calls after the pitch. What are you thinking? What's your, you know? And so, and you know, I always say, well, this is an investment advice, but here's yeah. what I kind of liked about the company. Yeah. So, and by um, the way, when when you say you have 50 accredited investors, yeah. I think it's good for the audience to, to know not all 50 choose to go in. No, it no. may be seven, it may be 13, or it could be 27. Just right. But and that's exactly some yeah. numbers that just yeah. I just well, saw recently. Well, I'm, I'm I'm going through the various investments that I've said yes to. Yeah. You know, I'm like, yeah, this one that we're going to fund, it's yeah. a high risk, high reward. Yeah. So I, I went in at 15. I didn't go in at 50. Yeah. Yep. And and because of that high risk, high reward, and I saw only seven of us said yes to it. Yeah. Basically, only yeah. seven of us are going on the craps table saying, yeah, we're going to put yeah. it all on the 11 and roll the dice one time. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's it's a black or red bet, right? Yes. And then sometimes you're picking a number and that's a yeah. moonshot. That's a moonshot. Uh, yeah. For my roulette players out there. Yeah. yeah I'm craps, Charlie's roulette. Oh, yeah. yeah sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. 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 yeah roulette. But, uh, um, okay. No, that that's good to know. So so now let's kind of spend the last seven minutes. Yeah. Let's uh, kind of wrap it up, put a bow on it. But before we do, like, what is um, when when you're saying yes to a deal, mm-hmm. what are some of the things that you're looking for as the investor? Yeah. So you always have to look at. I think I can break it down into four categories. Okay. Right? So you have to look at at the the technology risk. So. If it's a technology play, where are they in their development? A lot of people underestimate the cost of the development cost, and they'll say they need half a million when really that half a million is only going to be enough to build a product. So what is your technology risk? And all this is just really risk mitigation, right? Limiting your risk as much as possible to hopefully get the best outcome you possibly can with an exit. And when we say an exit, I've seen – dividend payouts i've seen people break even and i've seen people gain you know interest and we've seen 18x plus exits yeah right? like you gave this company twenty five thousand dollars seven years ago yeah and now all of a sudden your twenty five thousand dollars is coming back to you uh um, 18 times 18 times and in some situations if it's a small credited uh, uh, business and you held the equity for five years you can pay 100 percent cap gains free. 
No yeah. capital gain tax. Yeah, that's a qualified... Qualified small business. I think there's a couple classifications, but I yes. think the qualified small business, uh, it's the eight-something, the 8A classification. Yeah, yeah, so imagine this. So this is a real story, by the way, and Charlie and I know several people who were a part of a recent exit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe two people are sitting on this, at this table. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, but where, yeah, you could have given $25,000 to a company seven years ago because you held on to that company for five years, and it was stock that you owned, and it was a technology company. Mm-hmm. You turned turned your, your $25,000 investment into $400,000. And guess what? You paid zero taxes. Zero. zero. Like you, my son at 16 insane. years old can't even go get a job at Wendy's and not pay taxes. It's insane. You know, his $10 an hour Wendy's job is, yeah. is going to charge him uh, federal taxes. And there's investors who just made $375,000 and, and didn't pay any taxes. I mean, you can see why this can get it be yeah. attractive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now you also made that investment of twenty five thousand dollars, and your thought process going into it was, well, I could lose it all. That's correct. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. And by the way, that twenty five grand sat on the sideline for seven years. Well, five. Okay. Well, in in this or seven in this fake example, seven. it was it was seven years. <laughs> oh, that's right. This yeah, is yeah, hypothetical. Yeah, yeah. This hypothetical. Okay. It was seven years. But okay. but yeah. So okay. So so there's four uh, things you're saying. There's four so things that the, when you're sitting in at a pitch, yeah, and you're listening to this entrepreneur, basically sell you on why you should invest in their company, which yeah. by the way, it's so cool guys. Yeah. Like guys and girls listening, if you've ever watched Shark Tank, Shark Tank, this is your own Shark it's Tank. real life. Right, yeah, it's yeah. real life in a conference room at someone's yeah. office in whatever large city that you're meeting. But or we're in not, today's day and age, But we're not Zoom. throwing out deals right on the spot. We're not no, like that's, 25 no. for 25 for, so that's just crazy. Well, and by Nobody the way, if that. you ever talk to a producer of Shark Tank, it they never, don't either. It never they, happens. It never happens. They've already <laughs> vetted the deal well before the pitch, but nonetheless. Okay, yeah. so the four things. One is you want to look at someone's Te- technology. Technology risk. Yep. Um, you need to look at the market need. Is there a market need? What's the market competition? Because if it's just oversaturated, you're probably going to have a hard time carving your 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 uh, brand out. Uh, the market need. Um, I think it's good to know like what their uh, what their like financial plan is. Like, mm-hmm. how do you plan to make money? So, what is the financial risk? Is this going to be enough money for you to get to where you need to be? Um, w- tell me exactly how you're going to earn money. Right? Like. Yeah. Some people are like so into their product and yeah. they're just like, yeah, but it's going to change the world. And I'm like, but not yeah. if nobody can get it. Yeah. Not if, so how are you going to get it out there? Yeah, not if you go bankrupt. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. And I think the most important is the one that we've already kind of dropped in here. It's betting the jockey. It's I can walk into a room and there can be some holes in somebody's pitch deck. There can be some holes in their financial because it's really hard to really just they're just trying to predict the future. It's yes. not. It's if still not proven yet, right? It's their best guesstimate. Yeah, so you're going to be yes. like, that's not going to be the, how it's going to work. But whenever I meet someone, and this is, I think, comes from almost 20 years in the recruiting and staffing industry, interviewing and trying to get a feel out for so many different people. Because in interviewing and staffing, I'm always trying to figure out what are you going to be like when you start with this company? You know, what, what are going to be your flaws when you start? What are you going to do to screw up when you start? So... Same thing with founders. I like. I want to say, what are, what's, what are your weaknesses? What's going to be your challenges? Are you going to be able to literally grind at this to be successful so that you get to the finish line? And that that is the most important thing. It's I, the people. Yes, I wholeheartedly agree. I was hoping you were going to say this because the one thing that, that when I sit in on a pitch that I'm looking for is I am, and I think you were going here, you said this, but I'm going to repeat it. You bet on the jockey, not on the horse. Yep. Who is the leader? 
-hmm. Who is the person who's out there hustling, who's out there grinding, who's out there networking? Do they not understand the word quit? Yep. I want that person who doesn't understand quit. They don't take no for an answer. They mm-hmm. find a way to yes. Yep. You know, they put people before profits. Like yep. these are all tenants that that when I'm helping my my two buddies launch our real estate development, real estate uh, investment company, mm-hmm. those are all the tenants that we're looking for. Are they a leader and not a boss? Yeah. You know, like yeah, yeah bed and, and I I've sat through pitches, true story where Afterwards, I had to grab you or I had to grab our, our buddy Aaron Gray, who I yeah, respect yeah. the hell out of for, yeah. for his mindset yep, and his skill set. And I'm like, hey, I really love so-and-so, mm-hmm. but I freaking didn't follow everything they were saying because yeah. maybe their industry wasn't an industry that that um, you know is is uh, in my wheelhouse. Right. You know, like, like when Home Lending Pal was pitching us, I've had Brian Young on this show. Yeah. Like you guys reached out to me and said, "Hey, Dio, we kind of need you to sit in the first seat on this yeah, one because yeah. it was my industry." It's, yeah, you're vertical. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, cool. Yeah, yeah. But there's other times where I fall in love with with the with the jockey. Yeah, I end up going in whether it's for ten grand or thirty grand. Yeah, but I relied on you and Aaron or someone else yep. to kind of educate me on what it was that they're actually trying to do mm-hmm. with this company. Yeah. Um, yep. One more question for you. Yeah, what do you look for in an exit? Like time frame? What's a realistic time frame? Is is a two-year exit too soon? Is a seven-year exit too long? Uh, t- two years is too soon, Okay, I think. Um, so let's talk about a catalyst for an exit. What is a catalyst? So typically, something that triggers your equity being purchased by somebody else. Yes. At a deal that the owners of the company have decided you're going to get. And if you're in two years, sometimes in a really good deal, they're going to try and – I'm sorry – Oh, uh, go for it. Uh, no, I'm just going to. Something important. It's not important. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not, not, not as important as this. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> if, if you're looking at a catalyst, you're looking at what is going to be the thing in the future that happens that's going to give me my multiple or give me my exit. And if it's two years, typically you're not, maybe you're only going to get like a two or a three X. Okay. I'm not going to complain about that, right? I mean, I doubled or tripled my money in two, two years. But most of the time, I'm wanting something that's like, Five, seven, ten, and then once you get over ten, you're you mean a ten x ten x multiple, yeah. yeah. So I'm looking for something that's going to be in that multiple. So typically, a company is going to need at least about three years from the time you hand them that money up to maybe five, seven years to really grow enough value in that company to grow its worth and grow its equity valuation to a point that when a big group comes in and says, "Here's a hundred million dollars." We want to buy out all of your early stage seed people. That's your exit. A lot of people think that the company exit is going to happen when when the when the owners sell the company, and that's not typically the case. Angel investing exits happen when either venture capital comes in to buy out the early people to whatever value that it's at. Yep, because we established early on in the show that venture capital is basically the steroids for already the all star. It is, yeah. Yep. So sometimes venture capital wants to get you off. No offense, but. Hey Charlie, you're, you've already got them to where you can get them. Yeah. Now we're gonna take them to you know Walmart level. Yes. And I don't know anything about that, so go. You know, I want institutional at that point. So I welcome those investors to come in and buy me out. I think that's that's a good point uh, for people to understand. And we're just scratching the surface. Yeah. Right. Seed investing, angel investing, that too is just scratching the surface. It is. Yeah. Because they're raising money. These companies are raising money to just get launched. Now, uh-huh. once they're launched, they're gonna run out of our money. Oh yeah. And they're gonna need more money. Yeah. But your hope as an investor is that you went in at a certain valuation mm-hmm. and and when they needed to raise more money, 
they need to raise more money, but they they were more stable. Yes. Right. So now their company's valuation is maybe double or triple what it was when you went in as a seed or an or an angel. Mm-hmm. And now they're you start talking about an A series. Yeah. And then an A, guess what comes after A, Charlie? B. Yes. And then a B and then a C. Yes. You would sit back as an angel or a seed. You love that. You love yep. the A's coming in because that means it's a new and a higher valuation. Yeah. The B's coming in, a new and yeah. a higher valuation. Yeah. The C's. Yep. And at that point, the company is at is is probably profitable. Yep. They're probably getting nationally recognized. And mm-hmm. you're salivating the way that my dog yeah. salivates when I start <laughs> walking to the cook to the treat jar yeah. um, because yeah. he knows what comes comes next. Yeah. There's still no guarantee. My money is still tied into this company. Yeah. I'm waiting for someone to come in and say, okay, all of you pretenders and wannabes, yeah. I'm buying you clowns out because I want to take this company, yes. to use your terminology, Walmart level. Yes, and I'm like, okay, dig yeah, it. Yeah, like like we we started with this company and got them into the flea market. Yes. And then from the flea market, we got them into a strip yeah. mall and maybe a local mall. Yeah. Maybe we even helped them open up an Amazon store. Yeah. yeah. But but someone else <laughs> is going to come in and say, nah, yeah. if you're going to be the next Walmart, you yeah. need my, my skill set, my money, yeah. my contacts. And in order for me to do that, I have to buy out Charlie and Dustin and a yep. hundred other people. Mm-hmm. But you just got a 10, 12, or 18X. Yeah, yeah. What do you care? Yeah. Like you want your money. Yeah. You got paid. Take it, redeploy yeah. it. Um, and there's, are there, how about this? Cause I mean, I'm already starting to think the things I've learned. Yeah. Just in the past three years, let alone, you know, the, the, the past five or seven years, things about convertible notes, yeah. things, you know, things about buying at a, at, at a discount and um, the yeah. various ways to structure. I, my personal advice to someone would be like, hey, learn that. After you sat through pitches, learn that after you have yeah. already invested, yeah, no different than you are going to to bet on the jockey and not the horse. Yeah, when you find that angel group or that seed group, you're going to bet so much on those founding partners. Yeah, who are who are putting together the syndicate, who are bringing the opportunities to you. Yeah, go ahead and put your money in, and then throughout the course of quarterly calls, annual calls, lunches, and happy yeah. hours. Maybe pick their brain a little bit on exactly how is this vehicle structured. You'll learn it. Yeah, you you don't want to go in guns blazing, arguing valuations of companies on your first or second deal, right? Yeah. Like you kind of need to lean on somebody who's done a few of them. But are there and, any books to read and websites to visit yeah. that 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 you would recommend? So Venture Deals is okay. one of the best books out there for early stage investing. It kind of explains the ecosystem. It's fairly complicated. It's really, really hard to read. So it's that's why you might want to do that simultaneously while you're going through pitches and stuff like that because then you're going to start recognizing some of the language in the book. If you read the book right now without ever have done it, doing it, it might be kind of like foreign. Yeah, because I mean, like there's, there's terms like EBITDA. Yeah. Right? Yep. Or, you know, cap tables. Yeah. And uh, sure. convertible notes, and is it eight yeah. percent or ten percent? And then when it converts, am I buying? Yeah. Is it converting at what discount? Yeah. Discount and and what's the maximum valuation? Yeah. And like all these things. You got things. safe notes. Yeah. And you got Jeez. like yeah. straight buying equity. It's, yeah. Like it's crazy. I still don't. I, I just learned the convertible note. Yeah. Now I need to go learn safe note. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And yeah, it's but it's like anything in life. You just got to get your hands dirty. Yeah. You got to get involved. And be willing to learn as you go and also be willing to put your faith in other people, yep. assuming you did a good enough job of vetting said person. Mm-hmm. And you're only playing with not quite house money, but just disposable income is the closest yeah. thing to house money um, yep. as as you can get to house money until you have your big 
windfall. Yep. If you're able to have a, a good windfall within your first three to five investments, yeah, it's a lot easier than to go into things a little bit blindly, a little bit not reckless, but looser. Yeah. Because you're playing with house money. Yeah. And you know, it's all about volume at that point of spreading out your investment. So yeah. just any, don't be afraid of it. I think that's a, a big point. Yeah. Any any parting parting shots for anyone tuning in who's made it this far into the episode? Whew, man. I hope we've added some value. I think we did. I honestly yeah. think we did. I would have loved this episode uh, yeah. five years ago, three years ago. Hell, I think I yeah, two years ago, maybe even. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it took me that long. It took me that yeah. long to actually understand. It was when we were going through our first exit and we were investing in our second and third company together yeah. that it all started to come together for yeah. me. And this is a, it's a world that has been very tightly protected very much in like the Silicon Valley era. And, and, uh, and now you're starting to see um, this type of activity across all different parts of the country now, which is really exciting to see because you're starting to see a lot in the Southeast, Texas, you're starting to see some in Boston. So new tech, especially in technology, mm -hmm. new tech hubs forming, and you're seeing a lot more of these, the seed investment investment stuff becoming an opportunity for the everyday accredited investors. So that's cool. Um, so it's now starting to become more of a feasible piece of your overall investment strategy. Yeah. Are you open to people contacting you? Sure. Yeah. LinkedIn. What, what's the best way? What's the best um, way to connect with Charlie Lewis? Yeah. Go to LinkedIn. It's Charlie Lewis. Uh, my company's Blue Wave Resource Partners. So you can find me on LinkedIn. That's probably the best way. If you want to shoot an email to projectorlando.io, there's an info tab there. I, LinkedIn, I'm pretty active on, so it's probably the okay. best way to get in front of me. Um, and and plug that book again. Yeah, venture deals. Venture it's a good deals. One to read to get it's educated. A, it's a it's a yeah. difficult read. So for anyone out there yeah. that that buys into 75 hard or wants to do the 75 hard challenge, yeah, that book would qualify. Okay, you have to read it, not listen to it. And look, the best part about 75 hard and in the book that Charlie just plugged, yeah. you only have to read 10 pages a night. And yep. look, 10 pages of that book may take you half an hour. Yeah. And, there's, there's and you a, may only be willing to do 10 pages a night because it's, are it's you, pretty technical. Are you familiar with Rich Dad, Poor Dad? Yes. That's another yeah. good one. I think okay. that's another good one that like... That's very basic and entry level. It is very basic because um, it's more like a philosophy. Yeah. Uh, whereas Venture Deals is like... The that's actual, Robert. I can't pronounce his last name. I can't remember to be honest with you. Yeah. First name, Robert. It's a very long last name. I want to say it's yeah. like a, a Japanese last name. It is. Uh, but Rich Dad, Poor Dad is... It's on every bestseller list. It, it has yeah. been for two decades. Yeah. Awesome. Charlie. Thank you so much for your time today. That's awesome. Uh, that's all the time we have for today. He's Charlie Lewis. I'm Dustin Owen. You've been tuned in to the Loan Officer Podcast. I didn't say this in the beginning, but I'm going to say it right now. If it's your first time tuning in, we are on YouTube at the Loan Officer Podcast, Spotify, Apple, iTunes at the Loan Officer Podcast. I'm Dustin Owen on LinkedIn. The podcast is at the Loan Officer Podcast on LinkedIn. We're also on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook at the Loan Officer Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you like what we're doing, please share it with anyone you know. The content is free, and we try to make it entertaining, inspirational, motivational, and education. So thanks for tuning in. He's Charlie. I'm Dio, and we're out. <laughs> <laughs>